The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents the OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere. Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to the OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream, talk to experts in the industry, and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. This episode is part of our OneStream Press Author Series, where we learn directly from our authors about the topics, tips, and behind-the-scenes workflow that's all part of creating a OneStream Press book. Joining us today are two authors, many of you, I'm sure, know already, Cameron Lakpour and Selvan Katukaran. They both previously worked at OneStream, and they continue to work in the CPM space, creating tools and solutions. They blog on the truth about CPM and CPM insights, and they co-host a very popular podcast, EPM Conversations. Most recently, though, Selvan and Cameron co-authored one of the latest OneStream Press books, OneStream Planning, The Why, The How, and When. It is a pleasure to have both of you guys on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, Peter. Hope we can live up to that introduction, but we'll we'll do our best. Well, let's start let's start with the first, maybe the obvious question. What made you guys decide to write a book about one stream planning? Well, I we I think we have slightly different reasons why we've done that. There's a lot to the planning practice in one stream. And there's very little formal best practice, good practice. I don't like to use the word best. Best is subjective. And we felt that putting a line, drawing that line in the sand, the metaphorical line in the sand, is a way to get a standard practice out there. We thought it was important to evangelize what we believe to be good practices. And we thought it was really, really, really important that the readers understood why we said the things we said and wrote and suggested and coded because if you don't understand why you're doing something, it's monkey see, monkey do. And whether it works or doesn't work, whether it's a good idea or it isn't a good idea, who knows? If you understand why, you have understanding on the entire process, what a better or a best solution might be. Yeah, I guess I always wanted to write a book. So even when I was, uh, <laughs> even when I was a little kid in the school, I always scribbled something. Were they really good? No one would say except me that they were good. When I went into college, I still wanted to write something. They, they, they were slightly better than the school days. So yeah, I always wanted to write a book. Then part of that is like what Cameron said. Planning is something where people look at it in a different way. And uh, part of me was uh, like, Peter, you mentioned in the introduction that we both have a blog, so we are people who share, sometimes even overshare. So uh, to me, it was like some of the things where people struggle with, they don't know what to do. So if someone's there to show a path, not probably, probably not a right path, probably a right path, but something, a path that is there, then it's easier for them to follow that along. It could be a different answer. It's not the answer that we are suggesting, but at least to give pushes towards a path, that's that's probably one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, let's write a book. And Cameron came along and then said, okay, we can both do it together. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then came along the idea of if we are going to do it, we are definitely going to talk about the why, why we are doing it, uh, or why something is done in certain ways. So for both of us, that why part was very important, and that's why you see in the title also why, when, and how. I've read it cover to cover, and I can tell you, I mean, there's there's great explanation in there of the the thought process you guys went through, and and why you're recommending things. I think it's a great title. 
How long did it take you guys to write the book? I mean, and Cameron, this isn't your first book. Was it different? What did you learn from this experience? I'm actually glad I didn't log all the hours that I put into the (laughs) book because I might be mad at myself. I I would go on a hike in the morning and then just work until midnight. So yeah, a a lot of time Um, learning from it. um, Well, I, I guess I don't learn that writing a book is really hard and it takes like your life over because I did it three times, but forcing the explicit reasons around a technique or a process, uh, forcing the the full explanation of it, even things that I thought I understood, I learned them better. And then this was my excuse to go off and do a bunch of experimentation um, on different bits and bobs of the tool, some of which I just flat out didn't know. I just like literally had no idea how to do it. I just said it must be doable. And then this was the the mechanism for for learning how to do it. A silly example was could I create a member script that allowed me to essentially do asymmetric column retrieves in one stream? Okay, I did it manually. Then I said, can I write an XFBR to do that and um, read a parameter to tell me what my current month was? So imagine a forecast uh, set of 12 periods and marching actual across the columns, something that you can do in a quick view. Um, but I wanted to make it really easy. And then I said, can I just pass that whole thing as a parameter and have one pipe, bang, a parameter name, a bang, and a pipe? And you can. I, I was amazed. That, that last bit, I said, it'll never work. Um, how you know? It's never going to pick all this up. It did. That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I guess it, uh, like him, I'm glad that we didn't clock the hours. It took a while. It it did uh, take a while. And I guess part of that is because we pushed ourselves um, to this. And I guess it's all our doing. When we did it, we said, we want something closer to real world examples. Um, because people struggle with the real world issues. So at least come up with something where we could say, this could be possibly something you're going to face. Let's explain it with an example and then say, this is a problem that you're going to face and this is how you solve it. So I guess part of that was we pushed ourselves to do all these uh, things. And then like Cameron was saying, it's like it's like you only recollect some of uh, from the older days when I write some blogs. People always say that you, got, you are like a mad scientist who just uh, blows up stuff uh, in the test tube. So I always visualize that's what we are doing. We are blowing up stuff. Um, so yeah, so I guess that probably made it go longer because we wanted to do something special. It's more experiments. It's like, can you push the tool to do what we are imagining to do? So some of those things that you will see in this chapter are, uh, you might think that it is complex. It is complex, but it is not the tool that is becoming it complex. It's us, we are like, okay, we want to do, take it to the extreme and then see what we can do. One, one of the things we, we decided we had to do up front was there could be no disconnected, here's a technique, do it this way. Everything, every, every bit of code, of dashboarding, of, analytic blend, whatever it might have been, we built it. And then we we built a functional use case. We defined a functional use case for it. And then we built it. There is a sample application that people can download. Everything we did is there. We thought that was really important so that people contextually understood why are they doing it and how does it actually fit into something that a real world application could use. 
So guys, tell me, what was your writing process? The chapters are not completely, but largely one person, one writer per, per chapter. That's not strictly, strictly true, but it's, it's largely true. Um, but then we have to agree, you know, how do we write a connected book? If you have a series of just totally disconnected chapters, well, people can dive into it and they can, they can pick bits of it that make sense. If there wasn't kind of a cohesive view of what the book would be about and how the flow would occur from chapter to chapter, it wouldn't be as strong of a, it wouldn't be as strong of a book. That's one of the things that having a small number of authors allows you to do because we could only argue with each other. There, were, there wasn't anyone else to, to discuss. Yeah, I guess that's something when we started discussing about the writing, I took an example of what Cameron has done earlier, where some of the folks that I talked to, they were like, okay, that, it kind of feels like a disjointed chapters, like everyone has their own piece to talk about. However, there's no flow between one chapter to the other. So which is something we, we said, okay, we want to have a flow between the chapters. But we tried to come up with the way that OneStream is known for the cube side performance and the cube side uh, of it. And then there is the other side, which is the relational way of doing stuff. So that's what we tried to merge between let's talk about the cube and then follow it up with the relational model and how they both merge together. It's just like that merging of both the worlds uh, that happens in OneStream. So that's the idea that we came up with. And... Uh, we try to have that follow one to the other. And we, we would do multiple reads, right? I would write my draft, maybe a third of the chapter, and I'd, I'd send it off to Selvin. And we used we went back and forth on Dropbox a lot. It wasn't just, here's 50 pages of genius, please, please correct as required. Um, there was extensive editing and technical editing on both sides. Well, you guys both worked here at OneStream. What was that like, and how did it help you create the book? I've always wanted to work for a software company. I've done implementations, and I guess arguably a little bit of, of using, but really not very much. That's one side of it. That's the customer side or the client side if you're coming from a consultancy perspective. But the the actual product side, I wanted to experience it. It was it was interesting. It's a it's a different view from a perspective about what the product should do and how to approach it. Very different. I found it fascinating. Yeah, I guess to me, it was like learn from the horse's mouth. What, where, what is the better way to learn one stream other than from one stream itself? So that's one of the reasons like when, when we worked both at the services team. That's, that's one thing I would say really helped because a lot many people were there from the beginning of the product itself. So some of the folks worked together with Tom. So the, that that wisdom from there, the deeper knowledge of how the software works, the way it works, that kind of cascaded to the people over there. So some of the inside knowledge that really helped uh, creating the book. What were the key points you wanted to make in the book and, and why were those points important to you and probably to the greater OneStream community? The first chapter of the book is, is called The Principles of Planning. And the first half of it is functional. It is the result of being a consultant since 1996 and having essentially been in performance management from the, the day I got out of school. I have seen, and I should say we, because Selvin and I did a lot of horror stories about, about projects to, to tr try to come up with things that we very much wanted people to think about, not even from a technical perspective, but, but truly from a 
project perspective, from an ownership perspective, from a, an everything perspective. It was great, Peter. Being able to put that stuff down on paper, that's like 25 plus years of ranting that I, I wanted to <laughs> um, wanted to express. And I put it in a very positive way. So, you know, less, less the readers think, oh my God, this guy's just going to be a fountain of negativity. Nope. I, I really thought about the lessons that I've learned both by doing them and by observing them. And then thinking about, was that a good practice or not? There's there's a lot of combined wisdom there. I like to think it's wisdom. Certainly a lot of combined experience. Then there's all the technical stuff, right? Then there's all of the things that surround designing and building and understanding a one-stream application. That was really good, but the, the, the beginning was the absolutely the most enjoyable. I, I really am happy I had the opportunity to try to share some of what I've learned over the years. We did even talk about our mistakes there. So it was something which we were like, okay, if people are going to do it, what can you avoid? And the biggest advice of all was there was no good practice or there was no best practice. There are only good practices. You might change it when you go to a different client. That's probably not going to hold true against that client. So that's the one thing we wanted to put across because everyone talks about best practices. Um, and uh, to both of us, that's like, okay, it depends. It's not really written in stone yeah. that this is the way how you should do it because it varies uh, everywhere. So that was one thing we wanted to communicate to everyone out there saying it could be not true for everywhere. I guess the other part was also about um, we all came from a background where all these were silos. Consolidation was done in a different way. Planning was done in a different way. There is now a conversation where people are like, well, one stream came along and then they're like, is, is, is there a person who needs to know everything? Like, if I am going to be a one streamer, do I need to do deal with consolidation and planning and everything there. And that's where we 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 ourselves are planning practitioners. Uh, if uh, are we going to do a consolidation project? Maybe not. Um, so that's where we are like, okay, let's sell this to the community that it's still there, but if you want to do it, it's there as well. So it's there in the product. If you want to do it, you can do both of the roles or both or the or even the reporting part pieces there. You could do all of it, but uh, do you want to specialize? Yes, that's also there. So we just wanted to break that ice and then say, okay, you're now not doing everything on your own, even though the product supports it. Um, so that's the other part that we wanted to be out there that it's it does not change. Uh, you could still specialize yourself being a planning practitioner or a consolidation person or a reporting person or an integration person. Uh, so that's something we wanted to be out there. So let me ask you guys, would you ever write another book? Why? And haven't you learned through bitter experience by now? I, always, I, I told you, right? I always wanted to write something. So <laughs> I am probably going to say yes. Uh, not even thinking about what, what's there, the implications of it. Um, I did enjoy the process, um, but... It yeah. was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun. fun. It, was, then, it was fun. There was that pain of doing it and then going through that. So always, yes, open to it. But then we need to, again, come up with something similar to this or something bigger than this. So. What, what I'll add on is we definitely didn't do it for the money. 
Nope. You do it because you want to do it. Do it because yeah. you love it, not for any other reason. Well, let me ask you, uh, you guys, maybe, you know, in the future, I mean, what do you see as any key opportunities for future books? I could see an expansion on some of the themes in the planning book. I, I think at some point it, it gets so complicated, you know, the, the depth of it gets so involved that it, it isn't necessarily going to translate well to a, a, a written format. What I would like to see in a book is real analytics against one stream. The whole, the whole thing, the, the performance management talks about consolidations and it talks about planning. And there is an element of reporting. There has to be an element of reporting. And it, those are all good. I think true analytics, it's not done that often. I don't want to say it's an afterthought. I think a lot of people think about it. I, I wonder how many of them do it. That would be an interesting subject. Um, and I wouldn't limit it to a feature necessarily within the product, because I think there's lots of ways of doing analytics against performance management data. That would be a pretty cool book. If someone else writes it, I'll buy it. I look forward to reading a book like that, because I think there would be a lot of work behind that. I guess we had quite a lot of ideas or topics that we want to discuss when we shelved it, saying it's probably going to be too vast of a content to be discussed, or we already have a lot of content now whether we cannot push this. So there were a few ideas that we floated around. One was analytics. The other one was uh, business rules, um, how complex, how simple uh, those can be. Uh, there is a reporting aspect to it. So if you look at the product itself, it's a uh, pretty vast. So I'm sure that there is always going to be some content or some topic that you can always expand on. Um, and some of the areas are like these uh, business rules. You can always look at that one. You can all, you can even talk about the processes uh, that is there. Um, that, so yeah, there's quite a lot of uh, opportunities, quite a lot of topics that you can discuss. Um, and it's, it's a vast product. So you know, we we talked about this book having some some bigger topics and and uh, taking on some challenging concepts. If I'm an administrator using OneStream for planning, will this book be too technical for me? No, no. I I talked about or I mentioned before the the principles chapter and how most of it is really not technical, hardly technical at all. Okay, that's that's one sixth of the book. Um, so what about the rest of it? You, you don't need to be able to build a, a complex solution to understand design principles, the principles behind what we what we built, because again, everything was a use case and everything got built for real. You can download the app. You can look at the sections of the book and go into that application and like, it's a one to one, I mean, all the screenshots, all of the code, all of the everything, all of the data, it's there. You can look at what your current requirements are within your application. Um, and then compare it. Then you have a, a completely open, completely transparent, completely go take a look at the, every little detail um, application with a with a in depth explanation as a teaching aid. You know, there when you're new to a product, every, what everyone wants, at least I, what I believe everyone wants, is give me an example. And there's Gulfstream, right? Every every client gets that. Every customer gets that. Gulfstream is vast. Gulfstream is sophisticated. Gulfstream is just a, a big thing, and it can be easy for me. It was easy to get lost in it. This is a small application. Everything's explained. I think it's valuable. 
I wish I had had something like that. It would have it would have made my transition from other tools into OneStream significantly easier. So I guess I had that same thought in my mind. So I called my friend, gave him my book, and then I made him read it. So he graciously agreed to go through it. He's not a technical guy, not even in the EPM space. He went through it. He turned the chapters, and then he said, "Oh, you got pictures." So I was like, "Okay, that's what he was saying." And then uh, he did go through, like he read a few chapters, and then I pushed him to read the other chapters as well. And then the end of it, the comment that he made was, "To me, this is readable, even for a non-technical person. It, I can understand what the concepts that you are trying to convey." and he made a comment that this is more detailed uh, manual of one stream or how to do some aspects. So I guess the examples that comes along with it does help the course. Yes, it, is it going to be technical? Yes, it is technical, but would you be able to understand what we are doing? Yes, it definitely does. Uh, and there are some chapters which are not technical at all. It's just about the principles, what you will do, or how it is helping planning. That's what it is. Uh, some chapters are, but again, it then the book changes its mode and then acts as a manual. So you guys have a lot of experience with planning tools, and it really shows in the book. As an example, what what differentiates OneStream from some of the other tools you guys have used in your career? Well, they're, they're the two major use cases, right? That's the planning and consolidation side of things in one tool. You know, I've, I've heard sales reps talk about it as a platform. And I'll tell you, when I first entered it, I was like, give me a break. How much of this is real and how much of this is marketing? It's real. Do other planning products have this notion of business rules to do calculations? Sure. There, there are only so many ways you can approach the basics. But where OneStream differs is it, it is an open platform. Um, and I don't think of that as a, I, I think of that as here are all these opportunities to do things that are potentially way outside of the box. And um, the platform is there for you to use. You can build very standard applications that are cube based and they use data sources and transformation rules and workflow profiles and all the things that OneStream brings as part of its standard functionality. And you can build all sorts of very powerful applications doing that or and and the the later chapters where Salvin goes into and I'll, I will talk too much about this Salvin where he he goes he's making queries to the USDA website to find out where farmers markets are you're not going to do that in another tool you're never going to do it in any kind of unified place that openness that is where one stream really shines the possibilities that you have with that and the sophistication that you can build into it Southern and I were on a project where the client needed to do all these things and had assembled just a gigantic hodgepodge of technologies to make it work. It wasn't necessary in one stream. That's a platform. Yeah, definitely, that's a big difference of one stream. There are other tools out there uh, which are used as platforms, but it's internal, it's not external. Uh, you as a user cannot utilize it like a platform. So when, I guess I had the similar experience what Cameron was sharing. When we heard about it, we were like, oh, okay, yeah, we heard this uh, earlier. But when we experienced it, when we started doing it, it's only your creativity that's going to limit you from doing something. 
again, the complexity is there, the maintenance part of it is there, but from a tool perspective, it is not stopping you from going ahead and then doing some of the things that you could never do without the tools. So um, that's there, that's the openness and that's the platform part aspect of uh, one streams doing things. Uh, to me, the other aspect was about the commingling of the relational world and the cube world. Um, I have seen it, I have done it at uh, different places. I have came up with my own way of doing, uh, solving those problems, where one stream solves that almost seamlessly uh, within, within the platform. So those were the two things which uh, really differentiates uh, it, from it, uh, it from other tools, because uh, the, it is like a true platform. Like if you look at uh, some other tools like Salesforce, that's a true platform. So you could compare one stream with a Salesforce as using that as a platform. You don't, there are applications like, like the one that we wrote in the book. It's a nothing financially at all. Like you could just purely use it for analysis, uh, which is one of the examples that are there in the, in the book. It's just pure analysis. I just want to see, I, I just want to slice and dice the data, not doing any calculations or anything. So. Uh, you could use it for non-financial uh, use cases. One of the things that I was joking, uh, you asked that earlier, like what are the future book opportunities? One of them was, I have a smartphone. So I was like, can I analyze it? And then say, when am I closing the doors? Or when is my refrigerator open? Or how many times it was open? So those things, I can query that data within one stream go off of all these things, pull that in here, perform my analysis, and then look at those things. So that's that's where it's a key differentiator. It's just your creativity, time, and money that's going to limit you from doing something, not the product itself. Guys, what is the AVBS application all about? AVBS stands for a very basic sample. Sort of, a, sort of an inside joke uh, in terms of the name. We thought about using Gulfstream. We thought about it a lot because we said, hey, here it is. It's it's ready for us to take. We can add in stuff and, and go from there. And we just decided that um, we wanted to make this to be just stupendously simple. So when the reader looks at it, it's it's obvious. It's a coffee company. It sells coffee. It sells it on um, in multiple states in the U.S. It doesn't do international sales. And and I mean that's the whole that's the whole tool. It's or the whole application. Um, it is very, very simple. Practically everybody understands coffee from a product perspective. I mean, it's ground, it's cups, it's beans. We, we, you've pretty much heard every attribute there is with this, with this, uh, with the application. Then it's just states of the US by region. Um, and from that, we were able to build some pretty sophisticated stuff. Except for some, there are all real use cases or, or real client implementations. Uh, some of them are imaginary because we wanted to uh, explore the features of the tool. So that's uh, that's the way how the book is written. That's how the way the application is formed. Well, talking about real world examples, I guess, I, I frequently see a lot of conflict sometimes in dimensionality between FP&A and consolidation. How do we get alignment with that? And how do you deliver what both teams, both departments really want in a way that allows reconciliation and data movement between all the models? That question you asked, Peter, is, is the pursuit of perfection in an imperfect world. 
which is a noble cause and, and a, a good exercise to go through during the design process of, a, of an application. But one that I think is only partially realizable. And what I, what I mean by that is the purpose of a platform and the, the opportunity that a, a tool like OneStream provides is that ability to um, contain differing requirements, differing views of a business. And where OneStream applications can fall down is when a consolidations application is created and a scenario called plan is plopped onto it and ta-da, we have a planning application. Or the other way around, right? A planning application gets created and then in the middle of it, there's the decision that we're going to do eliminations and real consolidation and all that kind of stuff. And it, they might work, but they're, they're far from a good practice. Having common dimensionality across, as, as a specific example, across um, application components is nice, but I wouldn't lose my mind over it. There is a maintenance aspect to it. If you're doing departments and you add five of them in the consolidation side of the application and you've got departments not as a UD, but as an entity dimension in the planning side of it, you're going to either have to manually add them or have a, an automated approach that adds them. I would, I would observe that things that are quote unquote identical dimensions across these two paths of an application aren't necessarily identical. There actually are differences between the two. That seems to be the reality, or that seems to be something that I commonly come across. Loading the data, that part's easy peasy. I mean, you just pointed at a, at a data management job, create your data source and your transformation rules around it, and you just load it. Other tools might require an export out to a file or out to a table. There's things to worry about in terms of transporting it, and all that kind of stuff. That's not an issue with OneStream. There are no perfect designs. Everything is a compromise. That's why we talk so much in the book about good practices as opposed to best, because best is situational. I guess that's a way too technical topic to cover in the podcast. However, still, I'm going to give my take on that. Uh, when you look at it as a platform, we did talk about that, and we did talk about consolidations and planning, do it down at one place. Um, there are often times where people are like, okay, now they are both at one place. Um, you don't have to do consolidations and planning in one single cube, which is where OneStream came up with a very interesting concept of extensible dimensions. You could, so there could be varying granularity between actuals and plan. Plans sometimes are at an upper level or at a deeper level than your actuals are. You could extend that dimension and then say, we are now going to do plan at a granular level or an upper level, whichever way you want to go with, uh, at it. So you could do it that way. So there you get an alignment. Uh, and one stream magically, like Cameron said, we don't know how it works behind the scene, but it magically does all those rolling up or spreading down by itself. Uh, so there is no clunky data file extract that data that's up at the lower level, roll it up, those things go away because one stream handles that behind the scene. There are some places where uh, you might have to do it, but again, there are automations that you can do within the tool which will help you move the data between cubes to all get it up to one source. Um, you do a plan, you're reporting it uh, from a corporate level or uh, actuals and uh, planning coming at the same level, you could still do it. Uh, but most of the times, 
uh, I've used extensible, extensible dimensions and extensibility to cater to that need of varying dimensionality. Uh, so you don't have to make everything go into one cube. You can always go and uh, split up the cubes, do those processes there, and then still uh, merge the data together. So when doing a new project, let me ask your opinion. What's best to redesign versus bring over? I think it's always important to understand what was there, whether that's another tool, whether it's Excel, whatever it might be. There, there is a tendency to think that all of the things, especially if you come from another product background, that whatever you've learned there isn't any good, um, which simply isn't true. You to to understand the functional and uh, the cube-based approach to planning is vital, and it is it is valid irrespective of product. Where that can be a trap is, you know, you think this is the approach I used in tool X, or this is the approach that the client used or the customer used in tool Y and X and Z. And that's great, but those, those techniques and design when applied to a one stream application may not be very good. Um, and the kind of the classic example is building a cube the size of the Titanic um, because that's the way it was done before when actually a lot of that data could be stuck into a relational level and then relationally blended into a one stream cube sitting on top of it or cubes depending on the design. That's a that's a design mistake I've seen um, where people just didn't understand the, the opportunity that was there. So functional you know, functional knowledge, understanding and comprehension all makes sense definitely worth looking at definitely worth thinking about probably these things weren't built you know on a whim uh, but then understanding that just because it was designed that way um, in another product doesn't mean that you should necessarily repeat that process in um, one stream repeat that design rather within one stream itself well i want to thank you both for coming on to the show today and, and sharing so much with the audience and i'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from you both soon you can get more of Cameron and Selvin on their podcast over at EPM Conversations. And if you haven't done so already, check out the OneStream Pressbook, OneStream Planning, the why, how, and when at our website, onestreampress.com, or find it on Amazon and other book retailers. Cameron, Selvin, thank you very much for bringing your expertise to the podcast today. And thank you, fellow OneStreamers, for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast. And until then, take care, and I'll see you next time on the OneStream Podcast. The OneStream Podcast is brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.